Sukh's Parshas, Parshas Noach. So the Parsha starts off, the Parsha is mainly about the Dor HaMabel and the destruction of the Dor HaMabel. So I've always found it to be fascinating that the Gemara Sanhedrin tells us that the world is supposed to be about 6,000 years. And so this is the first thousand years right here is basically before the Mabel. And so I've always found it surprising, you know, that this is a major chunk of the world history. And what's it about? What are we supposed to learn from it? Seems that there aren't so many things we can learn. Seems that a lot of it is in the world of Nistar to us. My Rav likes to say that for us, Parsha begins Parsha Slach But I found an interesting idea in Revelio Opian that I wanted to share with you this week. So you can ask a question on the whole story of the Mabel. That it would seem that the people became so corrupt to such a level that they had... That there they was that Hashem needed to start the world over, basically. That he couldn't keep any of them around. And so, you could begs the question, so what Hashem killed the people? But why does Hashem need to destroy the animals? And why does Hashem need to destroy the plant, the world itself, to such a degree? Meaning we say that uh, one of the answers to the Karba dating is the amount that, the number that the waters did to the land. That it totally chained, that it totally did a very deep clean... Of the earth. So why was that necessary? Why was such a destruction necessary? Why not just kill out the people? So Eli Elopian talks on the Pasuk. The Beis Levi says the same basic idea. That the Pasuk tells us that Hashem saw ki hishchis kolbasa is darko aretz. That all the flesh had been corrupted on the earth. And Rashi explains that even the animals and birds were having relations with species not like their own. The fish seemed to be they were separate from humankind. They didn't do that. But it seems that the animals were doing that. And that's part of the reason why they were worthy of being destroyed. So obviously animals don't have free will. They don't get punished for what they do. They could be punished for, they could be killed for being involved in an Avera with a human being, but animals don't have free will. They don't get punished for sins. So what does it mean? Why were they, why were they, why were they destroyed? And what led them to this kind of bad behavior? So Eliopian answers, he says, when he was in Lamza and Yeshiva, there was an old hospital, one of these old hospitals that nobody in town, even the elder people, have no idea how old it is. That's how old it is. And people would come there and they would end up with new sicknesses. And they couldn't figure it out and they consulted with different doctors. Eventually they brought in a group of professors and they realized that when you have sickness in the building over so many years, eventually it starts seeping into the walls. And the walls themselves have all these germs and all these viruses within them. And when they saw that, then they took apart and destroyed the whole building and rebuilt it. So he says, if this is true about physical, we know this even more so today, how, uh, how germs can spread and latch onto surfaces and the like. So if this is true about physical sickness, then how much more so about the spiritual world, which is a much more sensitive world, that spiritual elements can latch onto things. And the power of sins, that they can infiltrate the world and infiltrate the animals and infiltrate the earth. And he says that's what happened, that the influence of the human beings was so corrupt that it corrupted the animals. It had a hashpah, it had an influence on them, and it eventually influenced their behavior and led them to act corruptedly. He says that this is a concept we have today when you have a house that has that has Chil Shabbos in it or different Averis in it. It, ha- it influences the house itself. It could be a danger to go live in such a house. And I have a friend, he works in real estate, and there's a Roman great he consults with, and sometimes he asks him about buying a property, and he tells him not to buy the property. He says, I could tell there was a divorce in that property, 
And it has a bad ball in the place. It's a dangerous matzah for you to bring a family into. It's going to hurt your shalom bias. You're not going to have good mazel in that house. That there's such an idea that the influence of the human being is such that it can affect its environment. The explanation, the Masilis Hashanah writes this already in the first parak, that a person, when he does good deeds, he uplifts the entire world with him. When he does sins, he brings down the entire world with him, such as our influence on the world. And Nefesh Chaim really explores it in greater detail, the why of this, that this is how the human being is tied into the world, that, that man's the purpose of creation, and that's the power of the Tzalm El-Kim, is that the whole world functions based around the human being. But there's this concept that what we do influences the environment, influences the world around us. He said, Sadiqim used to be very careful who they would, they stayed in a place overnight. They wouldn't agree to a roommate unless they knew who he was. I, he's just sleeping in the next bed, but it has Ashba. And he brings that there's an Isra to look at the face of a Russia. And it's a Gemara, and it's an Avera, it's not a Midas Chasidus. There's an Isra because of the damage that it does to you to look at the face of a Russia. You have to ask your Rav for the applications of that halacha, but it's an important idea. And it goes the positive way also that. We uh, remember when I was in Milwaukee in Yeshiva, Rav Michal Torsky once gave us a kumzitz and he spoke about this concept of Kedushas HaMakom, that the effect that we have on, that we can have on a place and you can bring Kedusha to a place. And he told us a story that Shmuel Kamenetsky said over at a Tormasar convention, that there was somebody and he owned a house and it used to be the house the Gedolim would come to visit, they would come stay by this house. And eventually the family moved and they sold the house to a secular Jewish couple. And their son's bedroom, they decided to make that room in the house. And one day the son gets up and he says, you know, I want to speak, go to yeshiva. He starts getting interested in Judaism. It's like a typical secular, no shaykhist to Judaism couple. And he said it's because, he thought it was because of the hashpah that it influenced and permeated this room. And the son got up at the Thomas Zohar convention. He said, in case you think this is not a true story, I'm the person in the story. And my parents are completely secular. And this is... Uh, not too many explanations that make sense, but he thought that this was the pshat. So this idea of the influence that we have on our environment and our world around us. You know, it's a problem that we face today when we're around, we're part of the secular culture, we're part of the world, we're exposed to cursing and we're exposed to people who act in a different way and to atheism. And it's something we really have to be careful about. We have to realize that even though we don't sense the hashba because we've become so desensitized, it has a tremendous, tremendous hashba. You know, if a person just, you know, if a person takes a challenge, you know, gives up movies for a month, he could come back and he could say, I, how could you watch two people kissing? It's just so, so prost. It does, it's so un, unbefitting of me to watch that. It's a person just going away from it a little bit, the person can gain a lot of sensitivity. A person doesn't hear cursing for a month. They come and they hear cursing and it bothers them. You know, we get drowned in this stuff. We get used to it. And this is the lesson we have to take from the Dormab, that the more we're drowning in this kind of, in this kind of world, the more it influences us, the more negatively it can have ash on us. And the important and the deep, deep roots it can plant within us and the steps we have to take to try our best as much as we can to try to protect ourselves and try to find safety and try to be filled with good ash and try to be a positive ash on the world. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos.